This is a fantasy short story. He looks human, almost human, but before an artificer made him into what he is today, he was different and all alone. But now, another being like him is discovered, and the rogue embarks on a quest to find out more about his origins. Welcome to Kernak Grimm's science fiction and fantasy podcast. On a specified. Runebreakers, The Lost Palace, written by Kernock Grimm and W. Lawrence, narrated by Dick Terhune. This is Season 2 of Kernock Grimm's fantasy and science fiction podcast with Runebreakers, The Lost Palace. If you enjoy the Runebreakers, check out more adventures online at bit.ly slash runebreakers, B-I-T dot L-Y slash runebreakers. Episode 1. This is the kind of road where you expect highwaymen showing up from seemingly nowhere, threatening to take your gold and insulting your mother. The edge of the wood clings to the road, its trees reaching high overhead and casting broken shadows over the travelers. On the opposite side, the gentle hills extend out of sight, low grass that both feeds their horses and fails to conceal anyone approaching. Gadisa the rogue sits in the back of the open wagon, head cocked downward, as he rolls the magical cube deftly between his fingers, smiling lips, smacking in hungry avarice, his focus completely on the little worm that is frozen inside. Gadisa has a strange appearance, even in this realm that is known for its abundance of unique characters. A strong, big, and bald fellow at first glance, the obvious thing to throw people off is his lack of eyes. A bronze blindfold screwed into his head covers the area where you'd expect eyes in a normal person. A loose leather strip is fastened to it and bound behind his head. Tubes connect his back to his chest, and small plates seem to be grown in on his chest. He wears striped culottes, the rest of his body exposed. Wilhelm the wizard and Mormach the dwarf sit on the wooden bench. Wilhelm, an unfortunate sorcerer struck by a curse that hinders his magic, at least dresses the part and makes up with a lush blue robe and a wizard's hat for his arcanile dysfunction. Mormach has long stopped trying to cover up the bald patch on his head. Dakaria the druid rides her horse alongside them. Her green dress complements the green gloss that occasionally shows up on her skin when the sun hits it in just the right angle. Her long, pointy ears, as long as those from elves in the Feywild, mark her as an elf, or kind of an elf, as she herself puts it. It's the silence of a long trip, when the small talk between friends has burned itself up and each wait for something new, anything, to justify breaking the silence. Gadesa supplies that fuel as he lifts the cube to his mouth. Wilhelm pivots around and smacks his hand with a switch. Nah, it's not food! And stop stealing it from my pouch! It's in there for a reason! Frowning, the rogue lets his arms rest on the wagon floor only to slowly raise them again and place the artifact in front of his face. This time, Mormek spins about and flicks Gadesa on the ear. Stop doing weird things, you freak! He waves off the assault on his earlobe. I'm just looking at it, he growls. You don't have eyes, Dakaria drones. You can't look at anything. 
eyes are so overrated. You don't need any to see, Gadisa says. The rogue puts the cube down in a huff, only to secretly lift it again and rub it between the tubes in his chest. Why did you give that to him anyway? Mormack asks the wizard. Wilhelm slumps on the bench. He just takes it. I don't know how he does it. Seemed stored away perfectly a moment ago. You won't want it back, Takaria joins the conversation. Why? Wilhelm asks. She brings her steed a tad closer and chimes in. He's rubbing it on the backs of his thighs. Wilhelm's head spins like it's on a swivel. What is wrong with you? he yells. As the four adventurers continue onward, wheel ruts in the road begin to shallow, and the slope climbs gently toward the setting sun. Rays of warmth bathe them in the final light of day and force their hands to their brow to block the sun when a lone figure comes into view on the pathway. The shadowy figure stands its ground as they approach, crooked, menacing appendages protruding outward like a twisted elm. This feels like trouble, Wilhelm says in a panic tone. How should we handle this? Light spell? Invisibility? He fumbles through his spell components, unearthing a bit of clay, a dried cricket, a tiny bell. He stops, confused, and finds a stem sticking out of a larger component pouch and draws it into view. Where did this banana come from? Mormack leans in and whispers. Angle the cart to the left. I'll slink off into the woods, and as you approach this malevolent figure, I will engage from its flank and catch it unawares. Dakaria, you guard the wagon. You're... Good with animals? Yeah, I got it. The druid rolls her eyes, kicking her feet up in a relaxed pose in the saddle. Slink! Slink! The rogue yells, spinning to face his companions. That's my job! I'm the rogue! I'm the one who slinks! Where are we slinking? The wizard and dwarf do their best to shush him, but his attention has finally been drawn away from the artifact and is now fixated on the task of slinking. Wilhelm grabs the cube and puts it back into his pouch. The wizard kneels on the bench and turns to Kadisa. I know what we can do, he begins. I'll create an illusion of a flock of birds that swirl around our foe. In the distraction, we bring ourselves to a gallop and close the distance, catching it in a startle. That will give us the upper hand. Why are you suddenly into spells? You never did one successfully. I wish I had my dragon steed, Mormack muses, stroking his beard. The rogue stands up in the wagon and glares down at them. I cannot gallop and slink at the same time. You're trying to steal my slink. Hmm, guys, the druid does her best to get their attention. I think she can hear you. When the three look ahead, they see that they have closed the distance already, and the figure blocks their travel at the top of the hill merely two feet from the horses. Hi, she says. The horses stop. With the sun angling away, the tall, slender figure becomes more visible. She stands in the middle of the path as proud as a colorful bird. A dark gray coat covers hairless skin in a shade of light blue. Violet eyes gleam from under the darkness under the hood, her nose broad and flat, a Vidalcan, no doubt. A bent staff adorned with copper gears is secured in her pack and crossed with another long contraption that appears to be a rake tipped with balls of feathers. The rogue feels as if a rat is skiing in his stomach. Excitement and dread mingle in the back of his throat, blocking words from coming out. The rogue's fingers dig into the dwarf's arm. Under normal circumstances, he might have cried out for the pain, but he was as mesmerized as the rogue. It takes a whole minute until the rogue finds the ability to speak again. 
Mother, he says in a voice as harsh as the yelping of jackals. We hope you enjoyed this installment of Runebreakers, The Lost Palace. Follow Kernut Grimm on TikTok, Instagram, or Facebook. It's at Kernut Grimm on Instagram and TikTok, and it's at Writer Kernut Grimm on Facebook. If you enjoy the Runebreakers, check out more adventures online at bit.ly slash runebreakers, B-I-T dot L-Y slash runebreakers. Runebreakers, The Lost Palace, is protected by copyright laws. Farewell, my friend. <coughs>